Welcome to the Rebellion Brewing Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Barton. Today I'm sitting down with Shadi Musler. He's the manager of strategic and competitive intelligence at Economic Development Regina, and the author of a recent economic study about craft beer in the Regina area. Simply put, we've been seeing and we've been talking about something special happening in the craft beer scene in our province. And Shadi and his team went out, did the research, put some numbers to paper. Shadi, welcome. Thank you. How's it going? It's going really well. How are you? <laughs> I'm excited to drink some of this beer. Well, that, that makes two of us. Anytime you get to sit down and drink a beer, it's a, it's a good day. <laughs> I, I really do want to dive into the report, but first, Gentleman's Stout. Okay. It's by Medicine Hat Brewing Company. Their brewmaster is actually Mitch Dalrymple, who used to be the head brewmaster at Bushwhacker. So he's got a little bit of a Regina connection in there. That's cool. That's very cool. So, want to start? Let's do it. Cheers. Cheers. That's a fantastic color on it. it smells nice. The coffee undertones with that, that grit and that dirt, uh, sort of very green flair to it, really gives it a fresh uh, feeling right across the palate. That's really, really neat. Normally stouts are something that's a little bit more mouth coating and they sort of just stick with you. Now this one does stick with you, but unlike a bad friend sleeping on your couch, this one knows when it's when its time is up and it's time for another sip. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot, actually. I think it's worth mentioning to the audience that you're also a trained sommelier. Yeah, I took a couple of classes and they gave me a certificate. Everything else was on the job learning, <laughs> <laughs> truth be told. So. Let's not oversell it. I just, uh, <laughs> I drink a lot of stuff. <laughs> but yes, in, in, a, in a past life, that was, uh, that was a gig that I had. Um, so getting, a, getting an opportunity to, to branch out because being uh, immersed in, in the ideas of being a sommelier tends to get you stuck in the, in the wine industry when, truth be told, you're, you're challenged to taste a whole lot of things. And that includes beer, which in itself is just as complex as wines, in my opinion. Uh, as well as uh, other spirits, so. You said you, right, out, right off the bat, you got coffee from this one. Yeah, yeah, that was what uh, splashed across my palate first. Did you get something different? It kind of reminds me of um, dark chocolate. Like, it's not sweet, it's... It's not bitter. Yeah. yeah. To me, it kind of reminds me of uh, smoking. Mm-hmm. Oh, the tobacco and tar yeah. sort of flair to it, yeah. But yeah. not in the bad tobacco way, just kind mm. of in that roasty way. No, for sure. And you can taste the roast. Um, I think that's part of the sort of the, the aftertaste that it leaves within. And it doesn't have a big sweet aftertaste. Nope, no, not at all. It's not the driest beer I've ever, <coughs> driest stout I've ever had. I've had some really dry ones. This mm-hmm. is, it's not leaning into that. No, no, I don't find that it's leading into that. Well, the description on the can says it's supposed to be rich, have coffee and semi-sweet chocolate flavor. And then the flaked oaks, oats are yeah. added to give it a creamy mouthfeel and neither overly dry or overly sweet. I think it, it matches what it says on the can. Somewhere in the middle. Well, as, as far as critiquing the, the back of a can and what it says it's supposed to taste like, I said it was pretty bang on. <laughs> You know, I'd probably have this with supper, like a uh, steak. You think so? Get a seared steak and some asparagus, maybe some Brussels sprouts. Oh, the asparagus, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what every culinary champion goes for. 
Why is that? It's an asparagus thing. <laughs> I don't know. My wife does a nice roasted asparagus. I believe you. With a little bit of salt. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Another couple of fun facts about Mitch. Mm-hmm. He recently won the fourth annual Rebellion Cask Festival with his lemon meringue pie. That's cool. It was... It tasted like friggin' lemon meringue pie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, even the crust, it had, like, that that feeling of having taken a bite of this pie. And it was a third out of the four years that he's actually won the competition. That's awesome. And then have him uh, rolling out his own label and, and doing his thing. That's fantastic. What a, what a great story of a Regina guy making a difference. He's giving her. That's awesome. So all this was my way. I picked this beer because it, it kind of ties back to your report. Mm-hmm. In a nutshell, what did the economic report, what did you find? Well, uh, at a really high level, because uh, I'm going to encourage people to go and read it, um, <laughs> but there's a significant economic impact from the craft brewing industry just in Regina. Every year we can estimate that uh, the total in economic output in uh, the greater Regina area, because we, we did expand farther outside the city for this, is $10.7 million. That's pretty neat. Uh, So to put that into context, a few years ago there was another report that SLGA did for the province in craft liquor. Now just in craft liquor throughout the entire province they estimated about a 20 million dollar economic impact. So in those four years from when the two studies were done, just the beer component in the Regina area has matched 50 percent of the previous years or the previous reports findings. That's pretty neat. Um, we were able to directly trace 103 jobs uh, created within that industry from seven breweries. We know that there was approximately another 40 and a half full-time equivalent uh, positions created. Uh, you know, people got to sell the beer and so on and so forth. Plus the two restaurants that are attached to two of the, uh, the craft beer uh, breweries that we interviewed. And uh, what was particularly surprising for me is that we know that the, the industry's young. So to hear numbers like a 30% increase in sales year over year um, is surprising. It's surprising? It's surprising because um, in your head you sort of think, okay, uh, if you have some really new companies, they're just starting out, they're finding their way, so on and so forth, but, uh, and you're, you're going to see incremental revenue from that, but that's not essentially what we're dealing with here. Uh, these are companies that are, are rounding into maturity. They've found a brand identity. They have a stable place. They're hiring and holding on to multiple people uh, who are building careers with them, right? So we're well beyond the startup stage. We're in the, the production and the maturing side of things. So uh, 30% of, let's say, hypothetically $100,000, okay, maybe not so impressive, 30% of uh, $10 million, $15 million, $20 million, that is impressive. That, that's some big numbers. Well, what does that mean to the average listener? I mean, we could say to politicians, hey, we're making this, we're doing that, GDP, growth, da-da-da. Yeah, those are government numbers for sure. Yeah, to um, the average guy? To the average guy, I think what you want to talk about, uh, well, here's what I would talk about. Uh, Regina has a lot of things going for it. Uh, but where we sort of not spend a lot of emphasis on are things like the craft beer industry where we have this really neat uh, story of local entrepreneurs finding a passion, acting on that passion, growing exciting new businesses that are enhancing the quality of life in, Reg- in Regina, in Saskatchewan. 
These are uh, pieces that, although don't make up the cultural identity of Regina, certainly help build that brand. Cool. <laughs> I thought it was cool. So imagine going to, uh, when I think of Regina, obviously the, the big ones come out, the Wascana Park and, and the Riders and so on and so forth, but you can add to that a really neat local movement that does expand beyond craft, but certainly can start there. To have a you know a, a local person making a local beer using local products, I mean that's a that's a pretty big win, and you bridge that out into the greater culinary scene. That's a, that's pretty neat. What else surprised you? What individual thing could you take away and say this little nugget surprised me? Um, for me personally, what surprised me the most was the story. The story. Um, yeah. So if you. I've spent a lot of time in, uh, you know, economic development and certainly in the entrepreneurship stream and, and, and a variety of different things, but uh, all the stories sort of end up the same. You're talking to a lot of businesses. Always, right. Uh, and my experience was always with startups and so on and so forth, but <coughs> when you talk about the idea of entrepreneurship, it's always some abstract story about somebody in a garage somewhere made something, Microsoft happens. Um, what's really cool about this is that um, I got to experience, as, as somebody who did the primary research on this, uh, a very intricate story of how one person's vision of craft beer mm -hmm. in Regina has turned over a period of time, and it wasn't overnight, uh, and a lot of hours went in to make this industry an overnight success. And that one person being Bev Robinson. Bev Robinson, yeah. Bushwhacker. Yeah. What was going on there? Bushwhacker is, uh, that's a unique uh, story into itself, but um, f the story of Bev coming back from, I believe, Germany, I could be wrong, but um, coming back and having a beer at a Toronto airport and realizing that it's not of the same quality that he just experienced and that he was going to make better beer, and that became a passion for him to know that that, that one instance uh, sparked, in this particular case, uh, somebody who got into craft beer, won an award, opened up a restaurant, starts a club, people come to the club. And the club you're talking about is the, the Ales, Ales club. club. And we know that guys from Pile of Bones, mm -hmm. Rebellion, you know, a lot of people come from the Ales Club, even including Half Pints in Winnipeg. Everybody mentioned the Ales Club through the interviews. Everybody did. They had some sort of connection to it, whether it was directly or one of their partners directly or so on and so forth. It was awesome. And from there, an entire scene. An entire industry grew. An entire industry. What does that mean to you? Uh, personally or professionally? Per personally. Yeah. Uh, personally, I think that's awesome. Uh, the days of, of cruising around Albert Street in my high school and drinking a pill are over. Um, here you, you get, uh, well, I mean, you can't tell me my story's any different than anybody else has grown up in Regina, but um, to know and to talk about uh, Regina in such a positive light to people who haven't experienced it, um, or sometimes we get compared to Saskatoon and so on and so forth, this is a great lead-in to talk about the, the community and the cool things that are happening in the community. People are investing. People are thriving. Um, people are moving forward leaps and bounds in different industries in this town. And it's really just great to be able to focus in on one of them, highlight it, and uh, let people know. It sounds, you know, correct stuff. me if I'm wrong, it mm -hmm. sounds like you're telling me 
the old stereotype of a sleepy government town no longer applies. It's changing. Uh, I think it changed a long time ago. I think I just think we're all starting to realize it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It certainly, if you if you look at um, even other industries above and beyond, but we took the snapshot of it. I mean, it's there's some pretty fantastic stories around there. Um, so fantastic, in fact. I mean, EDR, Economic Development Regina, uh, and by extension Tourism Regina have made conscious efforts to build. Uh, strategies around helping other entrepreneurs thrive in all sorts of different areas. Chief among them is the value-added food processing. We grow some of the best stuff in the world and then we just ship it out. So why not take advantage of that? Why not build value-added industries around some of the greatest products in the world? And, um, or, and vice versa. Um, so you're referring to uh, barley and lentils and cherries, fruit. Exactly where my point's going, right? Now there's this craft beer industry that can support more investment into the supply chain to create and carry more of the best barley in the world, create more of the best uh, um, malt, lentils, so on and so forth. Right? And then more into that supply chain feeds back into the craft industry, which then allows them to start exporting finished products rather than raw products. And when you look at a society and you say, okay, um, where are all the economic benefits going? The more we produce here and then send out from raw product, the more value we're going to create in every product that we send. And that value stays here in our community, creating more jobs here, creating more opportunity here. That's a great takeaway. More jobs, more economic opportunity, more complexity, but that benefits us? Yeah, of course that benefits us. Anytime that you can add value to a product before sending it out, that's absolutely beneficial. That means more people living here. That means more people working here. That means more people raising a family here. We also get to make Alberta, Winnipeg, you know, other places. They message us on Facebook and they say, hey, when are you coming to us? And well, no, we're, we're in Saskatchewan. Come see what's going on. And then people come and see, right? And that goes into that tourism piece. Uh, specifically that business tourism piece. People are going to want to come and see what's going on. They want to see why your product is you know, leaps and bounds above others. They want to know how they can tap into a local supply chain that is known for the best things in the world, lentils, barley, wheat, whatever. But uh, yeah, The Okanagan of craft beer, the, the Kobe of craft beer. The Kobe beef of craft beer. <laughs> I don't know if we want to get into the point where we're worshiping beers or anything, but you know, whatever. That's cool, man. Have, <laughs> have you been to our tap room? Hmm? <laughs> no, I was more of the crack on Kobe beef. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you for your time. I invite the readers and listeners to join us next time when we'll be talking with Chris Olison. He's working to launch a local chapter of 100 Men Who Give a Damn. It's a grassroots charitable funding organization spreading up across Canada and the United States. If you want to find the latest news about Rebellion Brewing, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Untapped. Thank you for joining the Rebellion. Thank you for having me.